You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. You want to go next, Suzanne? Or? Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Well, uh, I got the recording going again. Let me get the old timer set. Tick, 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 tick. Whenever you are ready. <laughs> okay. We're, still, we're allowed to use IMDb on this, right? Of course. Okay, good. This is in Essential Movies. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I look up stuff on Wikipedia anyway. And I, yeah. and I have a decent memory. Okay. This is 90-something podcast. I know it sounds mental, but sometimes I have more fun vegging out than when I go partying. Maybe because my party clothes are so binding. You're an idiot. I'll show you. Starting tomorrow, you'll see I'm just as sane as anybody. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Mentos, the fresh maker. So, uh, welcome. Here we are back at Bonsai Retro Club. Uh, I'm Suzanne, and I have with me podcast mates. Uh, Dave. Hello. And Scott. Hey. Hey, and we're, uh, you know, entertaining ourselves by uh, picking a film from the 1990s uh, to talk about and bat around. So, okay, for my pick, um, are we counting 1990 itself? I I know we've debated. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I would think so. I think that's what everybody associates. Everybody associates 1990 as the 90s. And in that case, I'm going to go with Edward Scissorhands. Wow. Which is one of my favorites. I mean, I have a lot of favorites. Okay. But (laughs) but um, I don't know if I have mentioned how much I really love Johnny Depp that. He is just weird and off the wall and nuts and just makes the strangest choices as far as performances and films. And this was kind of the start of that, I think. I'm looking for the man with the scissors. From the director who gave the world Batman and Beetlejuice. Edward, this is our daughter, Kim. Comes the incredible tale. Is there anything you can't do? Of an extraordinary boy. Those things are cool. Trapped in the everyday world. Whoa, that kind of handshake you got there, Ed. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. Come on, let's get you sharpened up. Opens Friday, December 14th at theaters everywhere. Check local listings. 
So he hooked up with Tim Burton, who then he went on to work with over and over again. Uh, but the two of them together are just so strange and and wacky and un, unpredictable. And uh, but just pull it off, you know. He he's he's one of my favorites, and uh, you know the great cheekbones don't hurt either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so in this film, um, oh, it's him and Winona Ryder who uh, I think after this became engaged for a while and were this hot couple that um, you know to the point where he tattooed his her name on his body. But um, wow. <clears throat> that's yeah, true love. Then had to. Yeah, yeah. Then he had to like remove half of it, and it just says "Wino now" or some joke like that. You know, <laughs> he's weird. <laughs> I like weird. Uh, but in any case, so Edward Scissorhands is this kind of strange gothic fantasy type story, almost like a, a fairy tale, but that happens here in the, um, the near real world, I guess. In the, the uh, in um. Tim Burton's world is, is it, that he depicts here, like, um, I think it's supposed to be the contemporary world, but they're kind of dressed very 70s, and there's a lot of, like, old model cars and art deco, you know, stuff all through people's houses. So it, it's kind of one of those mixed time frame type of uh, settings, I think, that some directors were using around that time to make things feel um, contemporary, but a little bit timeless, I think. <clears throat> so, okay, there. Uh, it's the story of this artificial person that was made by this inventor in this big, frightening mansion up on a hill, um, and no one knew what he was doing for years and years. He's this recluse. He was creating this man, and he was going to make him this, you know, perfect, genteel, well-groomed man, um, and he wasn't able to finish the man, he, the inventor had a heart attack. He was, it, he was played by Vincent Price, which was his last role. It was kind of uh, interesting. But the inventor had a heart attack as he was finishing the, the man who was, you know, Johnny Depp, who was Edward Scissorhands. Um, and in place, because he hadn't made his hands yet, he was using these blades. So every finger has this very long blade, scissory, knife-like um, uh, things that, uh, are kind of like a nightmare version of um, of Freddy Krueger, uh, which were just, I think, there to to as a substitute. Um, but in any case, so now this young artificial man who has, you know, has faculties, he walks around, he talks, etc., um, is there all by himself um, with these unfinished hands that are all blades, and I, I um, he is found by the local Avon lady who, you know, gets brave enough to go up to the castle, yeah, knock on the door and find him there living all alone, you know, just cowering in a corner of it, you know, with a broken roof and the, the wind blowing on him and all this kind of, you know, atmospheric stuff. So she takes him home <clears throat> to her family, Winona Ryder being her teenage daughter, and tries to take care of him, you know, feeling bad that he was, you know, kind of orphaned. Um, and it's this strange kind of cautionary tale where at first everyone in this little neighborhood of of theirs um takes takes to him and he's like this new toy and everybody thinks he's very cool and they like him and you know the avon lady like makes up his face so that you don't see all the little scars that he's had from cutting himself accidentally all this time um 
and they uh he turns out he's this very talented like hairdresser he's like cutting everybody's hair and all these cool wild ridiculous uh hairdos and he's he's uh grooming their dogs and he's cutting their uh their hedges and making huge beautiful topiaries and he's just this magical character that everybody wants to buddy up to um but the problem is that and i think this was one of the uh um the concepts that uh, Tim Burton hadn't just creating the film that he's this very gentle, naive, loving person, for lack of a better word, who can't touch anything. He destroys everything he touches because it's, all his hands are blades and he can't even so much as like pick, you know, like eat a meal with them without, you know, cutting something or dropping, you know, he's trying to get these ridiculous scenes of him trying to pick up peas, a pea one at a time with these tiny, with these skinny little blades and things. It's really, um, it's funny, but it's, it's kind of sad. <laughs> and uh, very star-crossed love story where, of course, before the end of the film, he, he and Winona Ryder are in love and trying somehow to make this work with her jealous boyfriend and the, the neighborhood starts turning on him and deciding then that he's this evil person and he's going to hurt them and he has no soul. He's, he's, you know, he doesn't understand the violence that he's creating and the threat that he is. And um, so, you know, it uh, builds to this climax where there, he turns into sort of a Frankenstein monster type symbol where they're chasing him through the, the neighborhood and he's, you know, back up into his castle. And in the end um, they sort of, Winona Ryder sort of fakes his death and her boyfriend, who actually does die, um, saying that they killed each other and leaves him to his own devices back up on the hill in the um, in the castle. And that's how they kind of finish out the movie. But um, there are a lot of very strange, bizarre moments um, uh, where he like mistakenly punctures her waterbed and it's like spraying all over the place. And uh you know, they they uh, uh, the jealous boyfriend gets him arrested and um, the hot single woman in the neighborhood tries to seduce him and he ends up on a talk show and all sorts of weird little strange things happen, all kind of revolving around the fact that he's this innocent, but yet he is kind of a version of Freddy Krueger. You know, he could slice people to ribbons. So. This is, those are a lot of reasons why I like the film. Just strange performances, bizarre story to begin with, told, but told in this kind of fairy tale way. It's, it's strange. How many times do you think you've seen it? Yeah, maybe four or five times. Okay. I've seen it good. I own it. So I, I think I've seen it a couple times. Maybe, maybe two and partials. Can we say that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bits, yeah. And pe- bits and pieces over the years. This this is a very fascinating pick. This movie is so bizarre. Yes. And it's it's funny how uh, Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder their performances in this completely erase the fact that Michael Anthony Hall is in this movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like you think, okay, Michael Anthony Hall. What's the first movie you think of? Oh, Breakfast Club. You know, Sixteen, 16 Candles, candles yeah. something like that. 
he was in this movie. He was the boyfriend. Yeah, he, yeah. He, was he the, sort of made a comeback to movies as like a tough guy. Right. Instead yeah. of the geek kid. So now he's not a geek anymore. Now he's a dick. Right. <laughs> in this one, he was at least. <laughs> right. But he so, was tall and Because once again, William Zabka was busy, so. Well, he, he, no, he grew up. <laughs> I mean, he really grew into, he, he matured. And like you said, he got a little bit more brawny and more full. Like when he did Johnny Be Good, he was a little bit more bigger and taller and, and stuff. But I'm going to say one of the, the standout performances in this, uh, you mentioned her. It's Winona Ryder's mom, Diane Weist or yeah. Weist. Uh, I love her as an actor. She was in Parenthood and she was in um, mm-hmm. uh, Lost Boys. And she's just such a great actress. I and love, her sister, I she was very good in that also. See, I don't remember that movie. I, I remember I remember hearing the name of the movie. I don't know if I ever saw that actual movie. And that was a Woody Allen, the Woody Allen flick, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I never I never watched it, so I can't comment on that one. But I just love her in those other two movies that I remember from Parenthood and Lost Boys. She definitely stands out. And um, she's been a few others that we've we've probably seen. But uh, just this this movie is such a strange. <sighs> OK, so. The neighborhood. <laughs> <clears throat> the yes. neighborhood, the the the, the, the yeah. This drawn out, like they they do this one shot where it's like almost like a almost like a drone shot from above and kind of at a distance where at like eight o'clock in the morning, all the same, you know, all the same model cars. They're several different pastel colors all pull out of the driveways at the same time and they all drive to work. And of course, it's it it's portraying the American lifestyle of. It kind of reminds me of like the 50s or even early 60s. Right. Like I said, the time frames that are that are depicted are muddled. You know, there's different references. And yeah, it did did have kind of a 50s look, especially for the houses, which each one was exactly the same on the the streets, except each was a different pastel color. Yeah. Yes. And it it was very it was just a very um, structured little cultural society that they lived in, which reminds me of today of a lot of the, the, you know, deed restricted communities or HOA communities that all have, you know, certain colors that they have to go by. And I even work in some of these neighborhoods where I go and do renovations and, and remodels and some in insides. And I remember I went to this one, one neighborhood where it's not just one HOA, it's two HOAs. Because the HOA on that street, uh, Homeowners Association, for those of you who don't know what an HOA is, if, if you've never experienced that, Homeowners Association, so you have to pay a dues to that Homeowners, homeowners Association. And then they're also within a community which has another HOA. So they pay two different HOAs to live in that community. It's crazy. It and so this one area has where if you have a two-car garage and you have two cars registered to that address, they both have to be parked inside the garage. So you're not allowed to park in the driveway. Yeah, that's strict. It is strict, and it's crazy. And that and that structured neighborhood, the way they portrayed it, they didn't really say it as, a, as an HOA. 
just the shot that they gave from a distance, uh, that, that one shot that I always see over and over in my head from a distance, it all looks the same. Like it's very, um, very structured and, and I don't know you, all this, all the colors, you know, they're all that, they all have that same pastel flavor to them. And it's just, it's just very, very interesting the way they shot this whole movie. Um, uh-huh. I, I love, I love Johnny Depp in this Johnny Depp's done. He, for me uh-huh. and Dave, I'm sorry, I'm not letting you jump in yet. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp for me, he, it, it is, uh, he has such a wide range of characters that he's portrayed that I have a, I have a hard time picking, uh, which ones I like or dislike. Like I, I absolutely loved him in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I thought he that was phenomenal. Really? No, that one I never saw. You never saw that? No, sorry. And you like Johnny Depp? I love Johnny Depp. You that need, one I have not seen. I am sorry. telling you, <laughs> no, no, you need to seek this one out. It is, it's amazing. It really is. It's a really, really, really good movie. Um, it will make you cry. It will make you laugh. It's a really good movie. Aww. So seriously, what's eating Gilbert Grape? I know it was very underrated, kind of a hidden gem. Uh, it was done in the, I think, early 90s. Uh, I'd have to look it up to tell you that. But Leonardo's in that one, right? Leonardo? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just What's eating Gilbert Grape? Leonardo DiCaprio plays a... Uh, a young boy who's in his teen, maybe mid-teens, early mid-teens, and he is special needs, maybe autistic or, you know, I, I hate to use, I'm not going to throw the word. Okay. He's retarded, okay? he's He plays a retarded child. Um, I know that's kind of derogatory nowadays, but that that's what it was. I, I don't know how else to explain it. But I will tell you, I did not know that Leo could, uh, at, until he played another role, I bought it. Like he was so, he did such a great job in that movie of of playing a special needs kid. And Johnny Depp was very soulful and just real. And, and then you had Juliette Lewis, I mean, and not, I'm sorry. Yeah, Juliette Lewis was really really good in that too so anyway go look that one up side story that's the beyond this okay. is just johnny depp stuff really go i'm not kidding suzanne go look that one up um but this Check movie i've heard is great a, things about it that's very i'm telling you done. it is one of my it, it really is one of my favorite johnny depp movies absolutely and yeah, if, you, if you if you have free time any you know in the near future who knows <laughs> if yeah, we might you know, have more time than we want these days if you're quarantined <laughs> and you need to and if you're you know stuck inside for several weeks or whatever um i would really seek this one out what's eating gilbert grape fabulous okay. but this was a great pick i, I want to say so i don't want to monopolize too much more of the of the conversation but johnny depp was great all these all these actors in this movie were great i love the creativity 
the 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 scars on the face were hysterical in a really dark sarcastic way um, yeah and her her spending time you know blending and blending like you're saying with the you know the Avon yeah. makeup and such and she's got his like hair up in a little like ponytail on top of his head yeah. or something like a little clip it's just he, it's that's really yeah. funny and the look on his face yeah, when yeah he, like he's looking in the lips, mirror he's like it doesn't know what the hell she's gonna do to him <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's let's okay. have Dave let's let Dave. Dave jump in on this before the timer goes off. <laughs> yeah. I I think I've seen it once, to be honest. Okay. Um and you know, it was like one of those things where it may have been the first experience that I've had with Tim Burton. And it and at first I was just wow, that's just really bizarre. And then years later, I would just realize that he's just fucked in the head. He's a fucked in the head genius. <laughs> but so, he made your favorite movie. <laughs> he did. Yes, he I know. Made your but favorite movie. Yeah, no, I know. But I, I, you know, he made Batman. <laughs> but Batman. It, it, yeah, yeah, it didn't. You know, it wasn't as screwball as this one. You know, had you had that vibe of screwballness. You know that you know Johnny Depp's character. You know this guy that you know. He's out of place. You know, he's out of place for his circumstances and, you know, that very manicured neighborhood. Um, and so it was just like, you know, at that he point. He manicured. Yeah, yeah manicured I did. is a good choice of words there. I, well, I, I chose that for a good reason because yes. I remember that he did the hedges. Yes, he did the topiaries. Right. So I remember that, and you know that that's like one of the few things I remember. I remember Winona Ryder. You know, she I've always loved her. I think you know her evolving as an actor. You know, and going what she's doing now with Stranger Things. I love her to death. So she, Winona. yeah, Winona she is rocks. she is awesome. Um, yeah, that might be worthy of a uh, a future icon show. I don't know. We'll see. Well, um, you know, okay. I mean. She was also in Beetlejuice, another Tim Burton movie, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 I think that was earlier. I yep. think she fits. I think she fits Tim yeah. Burton's uh, style very easily. A craziness, as, yeah. As does, as does Johnny Depp. I mean, yeah, look at absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I remember was that at the very end that they. Uh, every time it snowed, it was because he was carving ice. Oh, right. Right, he carves yeah. ice sculptures. Yeah. Right. Um, so then they were they, like that. That you know, like their community, like it, they didn't experience snow before, but because it was coming from that house that Suzanne described earlier, you know, then when he was carving ice, then that's when they get snow or something along those lines. I just remember that was kind of the ending yeah. part, right? Yeah. You know, once again, it was kind of like. That was the there was a mythology to the the movie. You know, it was it was prefaced by supposedly there was this old woman telling the story to her her granddaughter all snuggled under the covers, and it turns out in the end, it's you come back to that narration with the old woman, and the old woman is actually Kim, who is Winona Ryder's character. I Same. totally forgot that this was a narrative. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of framed at the beginning and the end by that huh. which was a cool little device but once again it, it kind of had that fairy tale type of uh fantasy feeling 
um, yeah. to it. And and that's another thing that brought it out of a, any set time frame, you know, because we were looking at the actual here and now of the movie, but it's being told by someone who experienced it long ago. So you couldn't really tell exactly when it was happening. And that's, um, it's interesting. It like disorients you to the point where maybe you can believe some of this stuff, you know, it, 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 it helps you suspend your disbelief. Oh, I, I, I like that when you get a movie that's kind of wedged in at, you know, with somebody that's, you know, giving the, the story, you know, like Titanic did that really well. Um, yes. You know, Princess and Bride. Princess Bride was the other one I was thinking of. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very good examples. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I mean, like I said, the one time I saw it, I remember liking it. I just never went back and revisited it. Ah, uh, love it. Love it. Just I like an, it too. It's a good, it's a really good pick, Diane. Um, sorry. I said Diane. Diane. Suzanne. Diane. Weiss. Okay. <laughs> I was just looking at her, I was looking at her, at her, uh, That's okay. at Diane Weiss. <laughs> sorry. Suzanne. Oh, uh, close. <laughs> Okay. And they both end well, with an E, whatever. With an N, yeah. And, with an N, that's good. Yeah, all right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to spell my name this time. Okay. Mm. Well, all right. In that case, I guess I won't take us too much, uh, you know, over our uh, our, our time limit. Um, so to wrap it up, yeah, Tim Burton's dark, weird, fantasy, romantic uh, fairy tale. Um, uh, and in the meantime, you can uh, you can listen to us on uh, on Podbean. Um, we're getting up there with I think like what like fifteen thousand downloads. It's a nice thing, a nice mi- um, milestone we're coming up on. Yeah, for the, um, yeah, the, for the life of Bonsai Retro Club. Yep. Yeah, for uh, for Bonsai Retro Club, and uh, you can also you can find us on uh, on Twitter. Um, you can email at McFly at Bonsai Retro Club dot com. Yep. And let's see. I am at uh, Suze Mataboni at uh, at Twitter and SuzanneMataboni.com if you want to take a look at the blog. Uh, Scott is at 80s Auto Reverse on Twitter. Uh, And let's see. I guess, as usual, be excellent to each other. (laughs) And uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Bonsai Retro Club production. Bonsai, Daniel said. Hey, Bonsai! 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 Bonsai!